Hey, welcome to B-Pod Studios, Big Jim's Garage. I'm Big Jim O'Brien, your host. I want to get right to it because I got him on the phone. From NBC Sports and Fernando Alonso's best friend, Lee Diffie, ladies and gentlemen, Lee Diffie. Hey, Lee, how are you? Jim, how are you? I am doing well. Great to be back in the garage. It is so cool. That interview was wonderful. Fernando was in such great spirits. He seemed just to be so happy. Well, I tell you what, there's two two angles to that. He's happy because he knows he's got a ride at the Indy 500. Let's hope he qualifies. Um, But he's going back to the Brickyard for a shot at Motorsports Triple Crown. But... It's always good to have somebody happy before they go on camera or, or go into an interview situation. And I took a friend of mine who lives just a couple of doors up from me in Connecticut who is a massive Fernando Alonso fan, and he just so happens to be a magician. And Fernando loves magic. So when we were waiting in the green room, I got my mate Tom Pichet to do some magic for him. Well, Fernando was beside himself laughing and he had a couple of his, uh, you know, members of his entourage with him, and they were just blown away. So my, my mate Tom did about three or four tricks for them, and he was just giggling his head off. He couldn't believe it. So he went, and we went straight from the green room onto the onto the set there and did the interview. So he was in a good mood, I think, for a couple of reasons. That's awesome. That's yeah. He just had this grin. Do you think, Lee, there was a point where Fernando thought he wasn't going to get a ride this year? I think so, yeah. I, I, think, I think it was pretty... Uh, I think it was pretty touch and go there. So he, um, you know, and as you heard in the interview, he spoke about that they explored options with with Andretti Autosport, and and that, that didn't that didn't uh, come to fruition. And so yeah, he um, he definitely has this um, massive uh, drive and motivation to you know to get that triple crown. He just doesn't he just doesn't want to let it go before it's too late. You know, obviously there's going to come a time where he's he age beats him, and and uh, he's going to have to go into some form of retirement, but not right now. Um, we had Tim Sindrick on a couple of weeks. Well, actually, right before Daytona, Lee, and I asked him about Fernando, and he said they wouldn't do it because it wouldn't be fair to the other drivers. What, how do you take the team and go, look, we work with you all year, but with Indy, we're going to focus a lot of our equipment stuff on another driver just for one race. And they already do that with, with, with Alio. So I, I, I never thought about that. When you bring somebody in as a hired gun, which what you're doing – um, how do the other drivers you think react to this? Well, I think it's a it's a really good question, but I think whatever whatever uh, the answer is to that question, I think it gets heightened when it's Alonso because there's there's uh, well there's not an element to a sideshow. There's a whole sideshow that comes with it, right? right. He just bring he just brings that sideshow whether he wants to or not. He does because of who he is. And so, I mean, just look at the, you know, just look, look at when he got out of the car for the final time last year after being bumped out of the field and look at the media scrum that was around him. I mean, that's, that's how, that's just how life is for him. I tell you what, though, that's not how life is for him in New York City. He was walking around in anonymity. It was awesome. <laughs> I said, that must be nice because I, I had to check him into NBC security at 30 Rock in, in New York City. And I said, it must be nice to walk around and not be mobbed. And he goes, oh, it's great. <laughs> you imagine so, so what's your name again fernando what do you do fernando you're a driver oh you are yeah. oh good for you yeah. what do you drive yeah yeah um <laughs> do you think he'll do the grand prix at indy i think he will i think he will and and you think about you think about that about who um who you can 
add to that list of who is going to do the Grand Prix, Scott McLaughlin for Team Penske is going to do it, and he's going to do some other races. I think he's going to surprise. I mean, he's already he's already impressed so many people with what he did in the test, uh, right. both at Circuit in the Americas and at Texas Motor Speedway. So you got him, I think Alonso. Um, you know, he he kind of danced around that when I asked him on camera, but. Um, my my sources tell me that that he he will do the Grand Prix. Um, there's going to be some announcements coming out here. What's today? Thursday. I think there's going to be an announcement coming out either today or tomorrow about another driver uh, with an existing team who will be at that Grand Prix of Indianapolis. So I think the car count is going to be phenomenal. You know, at the moment, at the moment, Jim, it looks like they're on target for maybe 27 cars at St. Pete in mid March for the season opener, which really? is huge. Yeah, that is. Yeah, and and you know, and we're still all waiting to see if there's going to be a third engine manufacturer sticking their nose in there somewhere down the road. Don't know who that would be. I, it used to be. I was so I was so in my mind going, it's going to be Ford and Cosworth, but I, I don't know. I mean, you know, with with the way that the Ford Motor Company is kind of I'm not going to say in flux, but what they're doing right now on Wall Street and financially, does it makes the most sense for them to stick their nose in there? Because it is a huge investment to do it right, and you don't want to half-ass it like McLaren did when they first came to Indy. Well, here's, here's the, the real strong point, I think. Uh, and Jay Fry, I was just with Jay Fry, the president of IndyCar, yesterday. And, um, you know, he is working as hard as he possibly can to make it happen. It's a, it's a real um, center point of action for him. He, he, you know, he wants that to be one of his uh, legacy points you know, whenever he is, is no longer the president, and they could say, well, look what Jay Fry did. He brought a third engine manufacturer in. Um, so he's really driven. But think about who owns the series now. The captain, Roger Penske. Yeah. And, you know, what's he re- what's he renowned for? Being one of the world's biggest automotive dealers. So if anybody can open any doors to any, any auto manufacturer, pretty much, it's Roger. And uh, so combined, I think that, that, that that's even now more achievable. I saw that, uh, you know, and he's going to, I would assume Roger's going to have to, what do you think he'll change this year? Obviously get off the box a little bit, let, let Cindric, I wouldn't say be more up front, but maybe Roger has to be more of an, uh, an overview of, of the whole sport as well, doesn't he? Um, yes and no. I don't, I don't think he'll get off the box because that's what he loves. That's what drives him. You know, as, as his words, not mine. You know, this is, his, uh, this is his weekend fishing trip and weekend golfing outing. You know, that's what he does. That's, that's, his, uh, that's his enjoyment. But I will tell you this. He is, at, he is in Indianapolis, no matter what he's got going on, anywhere around the world, he is in Indianapolis one day every week. Really? Every week. Because I asked, I asked Jay Fry, the president, I said, how much FaceTime are you getting with Roger? And he said, what do you mean? I said, how often are you seeing Roger to talk about things for the series? He said, every week. I said, every week? He said, he is there at least one day every week. And you always hear the stories about Roger Penske and never sleeping. I think it was Jimmy Johnson said he got the, or Brad said he got the call like 2 a.m. And, you know, like he, well, he was up and said, we're going to do this or not? That's, that's, I mean, and he's 82, 83 years old. <laughs> I mean, talk talk about passion and drive and, and endless energy. I mean, the man is remarkable. Do you think Danica will ever come back for Indy? Uh, I don't think so. Really? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think she put a period on things and it didn't end how she wanted it to end. And, and uh, she's had a super happy place in her life. Um, 
I think she enjoyed working with us last year. You know, doing the uh, doing the, the pre race stuff. She did a good job. And, and she did a good job. Yeah. She she did. She yeah. Did. yeah. So, oh, bless she's you. Got going on the. You know, her winery, her, her, her book, her, her health and fitness stuff. Her, she's now doing her own podcast series, um, you know, wherever her and Aaron are around the country at any given time. So she's got plenty going on. So I don't, I don't think, I think that's the chapter on that closed and, and, and she'll move on. You think, too, the, uh, one thing Fernando learned in, in the hard way last year, and people forget the year before, he was leading the race before they had, the, you know, some of the, the, the motor troubles. Um Indy, to me, because of the length of the buildup to it, you can't just come in and, and jump in a car. I mean, it is it is a, even if you're looking at it one or two races, if you do the Grand Prix, it's still an eight week, three month commitment of time to get it right. Yeah, and that's why I asked him about the Grand Prix because I'd heard a little birdie told me that he was going to be doing the Grand Prix, and I just said that wouldn't that be a good way to to you know blow out the cobwebs and get going? He said, yeah, you know. Yeah, it would be. So I, I think I think that because you think about all the cars that he's bouncing around in and, and driving it from Dakar Rally to the, you know, to the World Endurance Championship Toyota to you know whatever he's doing, and, and I think it's I think it's fantastic and really enjoyable. I, I'm, I'm a fan of his and I, I admire what he's doing. So, but then jump back into an Indy car, and he you know he won't have been in a in an Indy car with an aero screen, so he's got to get used to that. That's something that intrigues him. So. Yeah, I think there's a there's a fair bit for him to to, uh, to get used to again, but he'll but, but he'll do it. Okay, well we're watching he'll do it like he normally does with yeah. seeming ease. And um, he's it's it's Fernando Alonso. So when I'm watching in St. Pete, when I'm watching you guys on NBC, um, give me a driver that I maybe don't know that I should keep an eye on. I tell I, tell, I I'm intrigued to see what Oliver Askew does, young American from Florida. Won the Indy Lights Championship. He's driving for Arrow McLaren SP. Um, he's very different to his teammate, um, Pato Award, who's this vivacious ball of energy and very charismatic. And Oliver is a little more reserved and, 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 and um, kind of quiet. And, uh, but, I, but I think he's ready for his IndyCar debut. I, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see what, what he can do. And can you get them to uh, put some pavement over the end of that landing strip where the paint is and everybody goes sliding? <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest thing to me. It's like these guys hit these brakes, and you can see their pattern. And then when they, if you hit that spot at the wrong time, you're screwed. That car is just going to go straight. It's not turning. I think that's the X factor. we got to keep it in there, Jim. <laughs> Man, it's going to be fun. Roke, I'd be remiss leave it if you First of all, thank you so much for the time. I know you're busy getting ready for the season and, and uh, to talk about Fernando this morning. I appreciate you, bud. Yeah, no worries. It's, it's exciting. I mean, uh, I mean this, this, this time of the year is always special, right, because we're all so eager to get going uh, with, with the NTT IndyCar season. Um, I think there's enough newness and freshness, uh, whether it be with you know, McLaren coming back into the sport with new drivers, with the aero screen. Uh, there's going to be increased boost at Indy. I mean, there's, there's so many uh, so many highlights uh, for this new season to be excited about. We increased car count, et cetera, et cetera. So can't wait for uh, March 15 to roll around. Were you laughing when you saw Mercedes come with, with this whole dual axis, the uh, the steering system? That's, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? I, um, I, I, I like... Uh, you know, everybody's got their own opinion on it, etc. But I thought that Daniel Ricciardo 
I thought that his answer to the question about what he thought about it was very um, mature and, and, and real, and that is, he said, good on him. He said it just, it, he goes, it, he said it just shows, goes to show where their mind's at. You know, they're six-time constructor and driver's world champions, and, they, and they're not taking their foot off the gas. They're still looking, still looking for another way, an alternative to continue to dominate. So I think that, that put it in a very um, appropriate place. So, yeah, it was fascinating. It really just was. When you think, just when you think everything, everything's been developed that can be developed, new stuff still comes out. I got a funny feeling this is going to be the Max and Lewis show this year. Yeah, yeah, I look, I look forward to it. Well, I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Charles Leclerc. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, yeah. So, so round, round two of Leclerc Vettel, we'll see, we'll see how that shapes up. It is a great time in in racing. I was telling somebody uh, the first two weeks of NASCAR, the racing has been fantastic. Um, Vegas was as much fun as any Vegas race I've seen in a long time. And Daytona, well, it's Daytona. Um, but with IndyCar and the upswing and, and the interest here, you know, I mean, we, we watch Formula One and open wheel racing and IMSA and everything else. My God, it, it feels like for, for a country that bemoans the, the death of the automotive industry, there sure is a hell of a lot of racing going on. Well, and that Rolex 24 at Daytona. The right. Was that was amazing. Was, was awesome, too. There was a, there were, you know, a lot of people were kind of moaning about a lower car count, but there may have been a lower car count, but the quality of the racing was unbelievable right to the end. I mean, that was, uh, that, that, I've, done, I've done a dozen Rolex 24s, and that was one of my favorites. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. You sounded anxious sometimes. Some of the moves they were making? I know. How about those Porsche guys and GTLM at the end? They were just about <laughs> ready to knock each other out, and they were teammates. It didn't look real. It was like Fast and the Furious with a 24-hour version, the way they were throwing those cars in there. I know. I know. So I, great, great point, Jim. It has been a t- tremendous start to the racing year. Jimmy Johnson going to be at Indy next year? Nope. Two he years. He might be at the Grand Prix. He might be at the Grand Prix, but he won't be. He uh, So he uh, apparently he and his wife have agreed that he that he won't do ovals. So, um, but he's going to do, I, be, I believe he's going to do as many as five races next year. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get him here in the Motor City, too. And if he does just one, you can laugh at me. But I've got a year. I've got a year to. I've got a year to play with that. <laughs> well, I'm sure that Jim Campbell and all the folks, fine folks at Chevrolet, are already angling to get his butt up here in the Motor City. You know, I think you've probably seen it. But uh, when when I interviewed Jimmy at the Circuit of the Americas at the IndyCar preseason test, he didn't say it on camera, which I wish he did. He waited till we finished, which quite often, as you know, happens. Right. Interviews when the formality stops, they're more relaxed and they speak openly. Um, he 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 said to me that Fernando Fernando Alonso has been the motivation and the drive, and it all stemmed from when they did that uh, uh, Formula One NASCAR seat swap in in Abu Dhabi, and um, and he was and he's seen what Fernando has done, you know, kind of being this motorsports renaissance man of you know doing all these different categories. And Jimmy's like, well, I, I now know that I'm coming to the end of my full time NASCAR career. I want some of that. I want to have some fun. I want to do. Maybe Le Mans, do the Rolex 24 again. I want to do Baja 1000, maybe Dakar. I want to do some IndyCar racing. So I think you're going to see Jimmy be like Fernando Mark II, you know, doing doing all the, all the big ticket items that he wants to do. Kurt Busch has told me exactly the same thing. 
uh, told me that over a year ago. He wants to do the Bathurst 1000. He wants to do Le Mans. He wants to do all of these marquee events all around the world that, you know, when you're in such a stringent routine and regimen like they are in NASCAR for 36-plus weekends a year, um, it doesn't allow you much time to do anything else. So uh, look how much fun Kyle Busch had, you know, racing with my mate Townsend Bell at the Rolex 24 in the, in the Aim Vassa Sullivan Lexus. You know, he, even though they didn't win, he had a blast. Does Kurt know that there are kangaroos that jump on the track at Bathurst now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was, everyone was like, yeah. everyone was like, oh, you're just being a smart ass. Like, no, really. There was, there was a red, they red flagged it because those kangaroos decided to take a little run down the track. Oh, I know. I know. It's happened, it's happened many times before. So, um, and, and not always with, with great outcomes, either for the animal or, or for the car. So, um, yeah, they have a really big population, uh, you know, around Mount Panorama right there. Because in the in, on the inside of the track and also the outside of the track, it's, it's, it's um, you know, it's thousands and thousands of acres of farmland. So, uh, you know, they're, they're in their natural habitat. <laughs> Do you have any friends who can get me a hold in Ute now that they're going away? Yeah, imagine that, hey. I want one. I've got I... a buddy. I've, I've, I've got a buddy who used to be a, an Aussie buddy who used to be a mechanic for for uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing, and uh, he brought one over, an old, an old one, not a, not like a new model one. He brought an old Aussie Ute over, and he he drives it around Southern California. <laughs> There's someone here in Michigan who has a Commodore, and that that uh-huh. car has such a beautiful note to it. Just an oh, yeah. just a throaty V8. I. I I don't. Uh, for people who don't know about Holden, uh, w- what it means in Australia, I, I think in, the, in racing, it's a huge loss, more than people understand. Who would have ever thought that a Holden will be a collector's item? Right, never, never, man. All right, well, Liam, I could talk to you all day, man. I, I thought it was really interesting what you shared about Jimmy Johnson. I'm, I'm still trying to process the the idea though that I think people now understand that the Indy 500 is not only the biggest race in the world. You heard it from Fernando, and I've told you before that. Um, uh, when a, Takuma Sato told me here in Detroit before he won Indy, when I asked him, what would you rather have Indy or, or Monte Carlo? And he laughed at me and goes, Monte Carlo, are you crazy? The next year after he won Indy, I saw him here and he grabbed me and he goes, I was wrong. And, and he, he openly admitted that this is the biggest race in the world, but it's also because of the speed and because of the flatness of that course, it's one of the most dangerous races in the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's amazing that these men go out and do this at that speed for that long. And you guys do a, did a great job last year, and I know you'll nail it this year, too. Looking forward to it. And it's really great to have Townsend and Paul's uh, insight, you know, into that race, um, which they get, they, get, they get almost as excited as if they were racing it again. You know, they, um, they were so pumped about last year. And so um, for us to have the, the opportunity to do the 500 again this year is, something that we're all very proud of and, and, and you know, kind of boyish excitement about again as well. You nailed it. Well, tell Habo that I said hi. I've, got, I've still got his coffee cup. I use it. Every, that's the only thing I drink from every race. I'm not making this up. My wife, it drives her nuts. <laughs> I have to have my coffee cup when I sit down to watch any form of racing. I have to. That's my requirement. Good stuff. Yeah, it may have Bushmills <laughs> in it, but that's the one. Lee Diffie, uh, we'll follow you on Twitter as well and getting ready. So other than St. Pete, do you have anything else coming up between then or no? Oh, yeah, I'm doing stuff every weekend. I'm all over the place. This weekend, actually, I've just arrived in, in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm doing the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials this weekend. So, um, 
yeah, it's it's racing of a different kind, but I, I, I really enjoy it. I do I do a bunch of track and field. I've already done the track indoor track and field nationals and Melrose Games. Um, and uh, the next next weekend, I'm going to be um, I'm going to be kicking off uh, NBC Sports MotoGP coverage. Really? Do you yeah. Sl- do you can't sl- wait for it? Do you sleep at all, or occasionally, or? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Usually on airplane. Is that what it is? Okay, Lee Diffie. Thank you so much for the time. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Jim. Bye bye. All right, bye. There he goes, Lee Diffie, man. Such a great guy. It is interesting that we tend to romanticize the Indy 500. I was talking about with Jimmy Johnson and his wife kind of saying, you're not doing ovals. When you watch the Indy 500, they're going 220 miles an hour, close to 230. And there's no angle on those turns. There's two to three degrees of banking. That's it. And these guys are running nose to tail for three hours. 500 miles at that speed. That race is not for everybody, man. It's not. Fernando Alonso admitted that he was not ready for that. And think about this. When you drive on a road, maybe you're doing a road trip, right? You go a couple hours. You get tired driving. These guys are going 500 miles, well over 200 miles an hour, nose to tail. They got to make pit stops. They got someone talking in their ear. They got sun hitting them at one point. You got drivers trying to cut you off left and right. And you can't make one mistake. Those last 10 laps are so demanding on these drivers. I'm going to have to find that clip again. Simon Pagino said it was the mentally most draining thing he's ever done, was holding off um, uh, when he held off Alexander Rossi. Anyway, I can talk all day about that race, man. Going to be down there again this year. You got to go to Indy. You got to go to Indy. All right, make sure you subscribe. B-Pod Studios, uh, iTunes, um, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can subscribe here and make sure you join us. I'm going to try to get somebody on from Rivian, the truck company. I want to talk about them. It's a pretty interesting deal they got going on. They're going to be building cars, electric cars, trucks, excuse me, uh, for Lincoln. We'll talk to them. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, Big Jim O'Brien, at WCSXJim uh, on there. And you can always send a note or just email me, Big Jim, at WCSX.com here in Detroit. You guys have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Okay,